This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host, Chris Hambling, and I'm here to guide you through our look back at a comfortable 2-0 FA Cup victory for Palace against League 2 Hartlepool United. Two early goals ended the game as a contest as Michael Elise once again shone for Palace and some excellent goalkeeping and wasteful finishing kept the score down. On a day when everybody uh, seemed to to have you on board this week, Nick did a wonderful job hosting last week. I haven't listened to it, but I assume you did because I didn't get any complaints. Uh, (laughs) How'd it go? Yeah, it was all right. I, I'm just sick of sounding like a 70s tunes advert with his sinuses that I've had ever since I gave up smoking. Well, you I know, think you've, you've probably had those sinuses your whole life, I would say. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, it's, it's just weird, isn't it? You give up smoking for health reasons and then you can't bloody breathe. It's ridiculous. Mm. But yeah, mm. it was good. Uh, I can't even, It was me and Chris last week, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, lots of swearing. I think we got away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't checking up on you. I've been a busy man, you know. Um. Anyway, hi, Cara. Hi, how's it going? It's all right, yeah. We, we were struggling, weren't we? With, with, uh, you asked a question about uh, Hartlepool um, pre-show. I think it's important we get this sorted out now, right? Well, to be fair, I think it was producer Sam. Oh, no, you're right. It was Sam who asked the question. And, and yeah, <laughs> I no, just suggested yeah. that we mispronounce it all the way through the show. That's which... right, yeah. yeah. It was that way around, yeah. So um, so if you do want to do you want to crack on and call it Hartlepool for the rest of the pod, no, no one will judge you. Oh, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to. It... it, it it was a question. Uh, my my partner's American, and when she asked um, wh- who who Palace were playing this week, when I said that the game was uh, was on, and I said, uh, and, I, and I and you know, I said it's a, it's an FA Cup game. It's a team you won't have heard of. So she she looked it up and said, "Who's Hartlepool?" Um, I did really enjoy that, and now um, now I'm you know with the question that Sam asked, I'm starting to wonder why it isn't Hartlepool. So. I tell you what uh, would be better though if uh, Marlebone had a football team, we could really have some fun with pronouncing that. <laughs> well, the two would be great if they played together: Marlebone <laughs> versus Hartlepool. I've still got an issue with Kansas and Arkansas, but we won't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I was not clear if that's on the pronunciation or other things. Um, I genuinely was it you who actually said this the other week, or was it somebody else? I can't remember. I've got no idea anymore about who says what because I've got old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what who says what about anything anymore. But it was only when I heard it a few weeks ago, somebody mentioning about Arkansas that I realised that Arkansas was Arkansas. You know that they were different places. They weren't two different places. And there well, was, you sounded like you were from Manchester yeah. there when you said Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, I went down to our Kansas. Anyway, anyway. Just, uh, before you move yeah. on, just very quickly, um, mm-hmm. producer Sab showed mm-hmm. a very lovely Peter Taylor era Crystal Palace baby grow. And it is a thing of beauty. I'm, yeah. I'm a giant one to wear like George Dawes does in Shooting Stars. Uh, what an up-to-date reference that is. Um, yeah, producer Sam is lurking in the background today. Oh, he must be literally minutes from dropping a child, um, which is incredible work. Uh, we're all very proud of you right now. Um, Thanks. Yeah. No, no worries. No worries at all. Minutes, um, you know, 70-something days. We're not. Who's counting? 
Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? I don't really understand how it all works. It's like I have pets, not although you have obviously pets as well, and it will it will be fun watching the child fight for attention amongst cats. But I don't wish to worry you, Sam. But I was two months premature, so it could be sixteen days. I was two weeks late, so it could be even longer. Oh dear God! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was premature. I can't remember how long by, but it was quite a lot. I was a very very small baby. Um, with a big appetite. Anyway, let's move swiftly on. Uh, news this week, the under-18s and the under-23s both playing and beating Spurs. The under-18s, uh, a hat-trick from Adamola Ode Adebomi and Victor Akinwale with a single goal as they beat the um, the, the Spurs side 4-2. And um, yeah, the, the hat-trick was completed in the last minute from uh, Ole Adebomi. Really just a player that stands out for me just because of his physicality. Uh, you know, gives defenders a real torrid time. Really good on the ball. Very strong, very powerful player. Uh, Akamole has been doing great at that level, and and after events today, might get a look in at twenty threes as well. What with Rob Street going out on loan and a uh, you know a couple of a uh, couple of injuries and things popping up in the twenty three, so he might be might be making a step up. But we're looking very good in that department. Fantastic win. Didn't see the eighteens myself, but I did watch the twenty threes uh, today at the time of recording, of course, um, and it was a Absolutely superb performance. Could have scored more, really. Um, it was quite an end-to-end game. There was some quality on display from Spurs, but you know, Palace were were comfortable winners and, and rightly so in the end. And you know, absolute flying start. The you know ball was on uh, sort of basically bobbling around in the on the edge of the box and found its way to to Scott Banks in the kind of left channel of the penalty area. And as it as it bobbled up, he just hit it straight away on the half volley and smashed it into the net. It was past the keeper before we could react. And he thought, what a great finish from him. Um, and then moments later, he got an opportunity from a free kick. And he is just absolutely deadly uh, from from free kicks, direct free kicks. You know, you don't want to compare him to Ratface at Southampton. But it's it's that level of certainty sometimes when he steps up and you just think he, he's quite central, good distance out. He can put it wherever he wants in that goal and he's going to score. Uh, and, and he did. It was a, it was a fantastic free kick. Um, Go on, Nick, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I was just looking at the under-23 P2 table. We've moved above Man United now. I'm yeah. in fifth place, up on 28 points. So I don't think Manchester City are going to be caught. They're 11 points mm. ahead of us. But uh, considering, you know, we're, we're only just starting on our new academy journey, it's pretty darn good. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the 18s usually, have, you know, been a good group. The, the previous year, we obviously did fantastically well, doing really well again this year. But the 23s tends to be the kind of time where, you know, week to week, you don't know who, who what players you're going to have. You might be putting some in from the first team squad to get them fit, all that kind of stuff. And usually, you know, our, our 23s, our, our reserves, if you like, do tend to struggle. But under Paddy, they're a really good unit, you know. And, um, and there's a lot of players who are playing above age level in the 23s. Uh, and just doing tremendously well, and I've got to say, you know, it was it was a Banks free kick again um, that that led to Raksaki being able to tap in later on as well. But Naya Kirby, you know, one of those who was tipped for big, big things and hasn't really kicked on tremendously, but he's actually starting to show some really good skill and really good. Um, I mean, he you know he probably should be more involved in the games than he is, and he was very involved today and and, and a really good finish uh, from good work uh, by Raksaki, and it was. It was just a really good game to watch. That was an exciting bunch of talent there. And, and obviously, Tay Adamoda we'll talk about in a bit um, after he made his debut in the in the game against Hartlepool. Um, but, yeah, um, but, but yeah, some really, really strong performances there. And, and Raksaki was one who, who very nearly went out on loan, and, and it was Vieira who decided to keep him, which just shows you how highly th- and, and how well-regarded he is and, you do think and you do hope that he'll get some opportunities at first team level before the end of the season again, just to get a few minutes here and there and, and kick on because to, to turn down a loan, to turn down regular football, um, you know, really does point to the, to the fact that we actually feel that we need him here. Um, some bad news. We're not too sure what, Nick, but um, it looks like uh, Nathan Ferguson has picked up a, another injury. Um, some some suggestions that it's a, a hamstring. Um, obviously, yeah. didn't see him in the cup game, and um, you know it's a long way back from being out injured for for two years. We've seen it with other players in the past, and this is hopefully just a small setback. 
Well, hamstring is a really small setback. That's what I've seen on the Twitter. But looking at uh, other forums, they don't seem to know what it is. Uh, it could be anything. It could be COVID, couldn't it? But um, it's just, you just want to see him play. I mean, we're going back to the time when we were on Love Sport that we signed him. That's <laughs> yeah. how long ago. Incidentally, in the men's losing the homestead, I don't even go to homestead, but I think it's in the cover. They were still advertising the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport in one of them little frames above the urinals. Were they really? I mean, Love Sport doesn't even exist, let alone the show no. that we, we did on there. Uh, but yeah, we but we did pop on uh, Five Live, didn't we? Is it Five Live? Yes. No, BBC yes. London. I've got I got ahead of myself. Just shh, shh, mm. It's be Five Live next, obviously. But uh, that's that's just where Aaron keeps popping up um, on Five Live. But no, yeah. we did the BBC London. We did, a, we did the fan show there and hopefully uh, get an opportunity to do that again sometime soon. But, you know, keep your eyes out for that. Um, and finally, uh, it's obviously worth mentioning that, um, you know, a Palace player has won a major international tournament. And that, of course, is Cheikh Kiyate. His Senegal side have won the AFCON, uh, beating Egypt on penalties. From what I've read, very well deserved. Didn't watch any of it, unfortunately, myself. But I know you two did. And Cara, I'll start with you. Um, what was the game like and how and how made up are you for, for Cheikh? Yeah, well... So I was a bit confused when I first put it on because you would have been forgiven for thinking the game was actually uh, Man AFC versus Salah FC, according to the commentary, which was extremely frustrating. There were more than just those two players on the pitch. Um, and even when, you know, started quite excitingly with that penalty um, to Senegal early on, um, which Mane took very nervously and was obviously saved... And even after that, they just all they could talk about was Mane and Salah. It was so frustrating. Um, however, and it, I think that that kind of nervy penalty was was pretty much how the rest of the game went as a whole. It was quite a kind of one of those classic um, anti-climax uh, finals, I think, where it was a bit nervy, a bit cagey. Um, Senegal were definitely the, the the better team overall, but just didn't take the opportunities that they had um, mostly early on. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, my watching of the game was interrupted a little bit when Boreham Wood went ahead against Bournemouth in the FA Cup. And I was trying to watch both at the same time because that one was way more exciting. Um, but then obviously it went to penalties and um, yeah, Senegal came out and the celebrations were just like incredible. I was nearly in tears watching them because you could just see like the dancing, just the, the, what it meant to them. Um, and shout out to their captain. There was some kind of... Um, negotiation that went on where I think the organisers wanted the, the the trophy to be lifted with these kind of corporate suits up in the stand uh, and so he agreed to walk up there say hello to them and then brought the trophy back down to the players to lift all together which was a, a perfect perfect yeah. move from him um, but yeah I'm just going to quote DR really it's the Vieira effect isn't it we were exactly, a, uh, yeah. world, world, uh, uh, continental champion in our midst and uh, yeah that's what Vieira as a manager can do Mm. just a bit upset that we're in a position now where we're starting to quote DR on the podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, Nick, at which point, uh, uh, directly after um, Kara said that it was a cagey match, did you want to interrupt and mention Kagisho Dikachoy? I didn't. You didn't? You are slipping, my friend. I thought a second you I heard have, I have got mm. one eye on the uh, snowboarding on the Winter Olympic highlights, so I may have missed some Thanks. of what Cara was saying. But um, yeah, um, unbelievable. He used to play for He scored a brilliant goal against Charlton, didn't he? You can edit <laughs> yeah, that he in, did, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it was a it was an interesting match. Um, lots of fouls for the Egyptians, I must say, uh, but they had a fair old go at it. Uh, but weren't quite good enough to beat the uh, Senegalese. It was uh, good to mm, see could... Czech. Shame he wasn't captain like he was during the last AFCON Championships because uh, mm. it would be nice to see him lift the trophy. But yes, as Cara did say, the whole bizarre going up to the suits and then coming back down again was very, very strange indeed. Patrick showed or showed a clip of the open tour, but it looked more like they were on a train than a bus. Just saw a roof, mm. um, and the people in the Senegalese capital were going absolutely do lally. So, fair play to them. I'm going to listen back to this because at one point there, I, you just gave me really strong Uncle Albert vibes, and I, and I don't know why. 
don't know if it's the sinuses. I think it might be the sinuses, yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about curly or only fools and horses? Only only fools and horses, definitely not curly. I do I never refer to him as Uncle Albert and I never will. <laughs> um it's in, in spite of his insistence. Anyway, <laughs> should we you move on? Be called <laughs> well, it's I mean whichever he whatever he feels on whatever day is fine with me. I guess my full support. Um anyway, shall we talk a little <laughs> bit about the game? Um Unfortunately, didn't get to go myself, uh, as is still the way. But I'm in. I'm targeting a couple of games. I reckon I'm going to do Southampton away uh, in a in a couple of months. Um, possibly even um, Watford at home. Maybe those, those are what I'm thinking about. So I'm definitely going to get to a couple of games before the end of the season. Picking the quality matches there, Chris. I must say. Well, exactly. I just want to. Well, you know. I mean, you just I, you just want to see Roy, don't you? How I just I do. I miss him. I miss him so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, and now I hadn't even thought about that. Now I'm like, okay, it was maybe not what for a game. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. But so I didn't get to experience other than, um, you know, via social media and, um, you know, from speaking to people, the kind of occasion of the day, because obviously there was a bit of focus on the Hartlepool fans, the fact that they'd had their travels subsidised by the club, which was absolutely fantastic, amongst many other things that the club had done. Um, and I suppose that's probably where I want to start before I, I jump too far too far, far into the game. And that's obviously, uh, hopefully everyone's seen it, but the club did, did a you know a really wonderful thing, um, which was then made even more wonderful by the, the Palace fans' reactions to it. And that as they highlighted um, Hartlepool manager Graham Lee's wife's struggles. Um, she's got a rare form of uh, brain cancer, I, I believe, and the, is, is doing some experimental treatment. And the cost of that experimental treatment, which has done really well, she was given a year to live, but I think over the last 12 months, there's been no worsening of her condition on this experimental medication. But it costs 60 grand a year, which is a, a hell of a lot of money. Um, and I think at the last look, um, they, 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 it was over 70k on that fundraiser uh, since the Palace uh, website had, had, you know, the club had donated a grand, I think it was, and and then they highlighted it. And then the Palace fans, as, as Palace fans often do, we just sort of pile in on that stuff, and um, and it's just been really special to watch and um, quite quite humbling in a lot of ways to to see something like that happen and what it meant to people so it gave a really nice kind of talking point in the run-up to the game and I suppose in a way I don't know how you feel about it guys but it kind of felt almost like it it rendered the game unimportant in the end when you saw something like that happen what do you think yeah I think so I mean obviously it's important that we go through and get to Wembley so uh, we can enjoy a day out again but no it's it just shows you it puts everything in perspective um, I don't know who the mystery donor was who donated twelve thousand pounds to the uh, to the account. There have been some rumours it might be John Texter, but um, no, it's it's we've we've made friends for life now with Hartlepool, and I think uh, Palace fans are going to be looking out for Hartlepool or the uh, Monkey Hangers results for a while, and uh, vice versa. And I think you know we've got a much better relationship than perhaps. Uh, Leicester City and Nottingham Forest have after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. About yourself, Cara, what do you think? Yeah, I do. I think what it felt like to me was two clubs whose fan bases, you know, come from, well, literally opposite ends of the country, but clearly our club means very similar things um, to us and our kind of community aspect of our clubs are really important to us. Um, and so I think, like you say, that that is... In a, in a good way, typical Palace, isn't it, to 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 jump on that and and to make sure that it um it goes as far as it can go. I think the only kind of and this this is outside of that specific example, but I think I always see these things and think I wish that we lived in a world or a country or a place where people didn't have to fundraise for healthcare, like when it's a matter of life or death, uh, and we see all of this money swishing around that gets wasted on lots of. Uh, well, wasteful things. Um, what a shame it is that it's left down to kind of people putting hands in their pockets to pay for healthcare when it it, it really could just be sorted as it should be. So that's my only reflection on the on, mm. the, on the healthcare side of it. But I think you know any kind of community um, uh, kind of coming together to um, support somebody that they've never met is, is always a very special thing and always does pull people together. Yeah, definitely. It was um, yeah something that. 
you know, makes me feel an awful lot of pride in the club. But you're right, you know, we can focus on the fact that, you know, I mean, I, mean, I dare say the 60 grand per year uh, could be spent, could have been spent on maybe, I don't know, some kind of, uh, you know, work event at political level might have probably cost about that to organise, you know. Yeah, so cheese, cheese and wine, hamburger. Cheese and wine, that. maybe, especially if you get certain types of cheese and certain types of wine. It probably... Probably would cost about that much, and um, yeah, I suppose that's that's something that we can all reflect on, isn't it? Um, but look, it, it it was a fantastic thing. It was a, you know, there's always a lot of subtext and uh, um, and you know side conversations going on around sport and football in particular, and it's really nice when it's a positive one, and it's even nicer when it involves your club. But I hope it shows the ways to, to the way to others. I hope, you know, I'm not saying Palace are the first club to ever you know do something decent and you know, help uh, help the away club. And, you know, given it wasn't a televised game, it you know, obviously wasn't going to get a tremendous am, um, amount of money to go Hartlepool's way or anything like that. So giving them something else to, to hold on to and um, and giving them a, a fun day out, you know, I think that's a, that's a really nice thing and it, and it makes it makes us look pretty good. I'll go on next just before Just lastly know. on that, it shows what a community club we are as well. I mean, yeah. I know we've got a battered old stadium. We don't feel that corporate. We're not all Billy Big Bollocks like some teams are. Um, you go to other stadiums, it's all corporate. It's all about getting money from abroad. But we're still a community club with our stadium in the middle of houses, not in some park or, you know. So I think we maintain that community spirit. And that goes across. I mean, I saw Hartlepool a couple of years ago playing probably in the National League. So, you know. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about the cup run. And you've cheekily asked Nick whether Patrick should be buying his flights um, to get over here for the trip to Wembley. But you know we've drawn Stoke in the next round, obviously. Um, which again, yeah, it was obvious, wasn't it? I, I thought well, it's obvious they're going to get them, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I feel like uh, there is um, there is a complaint on that draw, though. One complaint I've seen so far. From um, Chris Clark because he wanted the away match because the pubs are great in Stoke apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if his instant thought about every situation wasn't about the pubs, wouldn't it? But but that's that's Sal Clarky for us. That's where uh, that's where his brain goes. It was almost um, like you left a gap there for some sort of sound effect to be put in after you said that's our Clarky for us. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get that going as a catchphrase. Don't you think it's a good one? <laughs> that's that's our Clarky, and then there's a some kind of musical <laughs> interlude. It Sam, needs if, a jingle. It needs a jingle. It does Sam? If you've got time, uh, can you get some kind of a, a? It needs to be kind of a wah, wah, wah kind of a jingle, really. Seventy something days we've been told. That's plenty of time. Yeah, exactly. You got ages. Yeah. Fine, excellent. Wah, uh, if wah, you don't, yeah, <laughs> <That'll> do. <laughs> <laughs> they anyway, don't sound like that. Uh, they certainly don't. Uh, but look, it's it's a good start to a cup run, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we've only played two games, and we've we've played those games against opposition that we would have felt that we should be beating uh, in in Millwall and, and and Hartlepool, and we should obviously feel like you know we should be beating Stoke as well. So. You know, yes. Now it's it's the time to start dreaming of the cup run. What I will say, and and I'll let you let you comment on this, is I like the fact that Patrick Vieira is clearly treating the FA Cup with the importance that it deserves. It's a trophy he has won himself, I believe, and will want to win uh, as a manager. And you know, why shouldn't Palace, given the the talent that we've got, the the standard of performance that we've produced more often than not? under him you know it's not that many bad games this season and we've had a lot of bad luck as well why shouldn't we be thinking about you know a, a knockout tournament where you know game to game it's just about the result on the day why shouldn't we be thinking about winning the, tr- the trophy I think it's absolutely within our capability to do so so Nick you're off mute so I'm going to ask you first thoughts am I getting ahead of myself should I shut up no, you can tell by the lineup. It was a very, very strong lineup. He means business. Um, a few people around me were saying, um, well, why are we starting the likes of Raksaki? Why, you know, he hasn't put out a load. Uh, we really thought that this would be his opportunity. Um, as it was, Teo got a, got a kind of cameo performance towards him. But we mean business. And it's just so nice to have a manager that wants to win stuff. 
so that's good. I, I was wondering earlier, though, did Stoke fans say, I wonder if they could hack it on rainy Wednesday night at Sellers Park? Because, you know, everybody says about Stoke, but who do they think about? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, any Hartlepool fans? <laughs> um Cara, I'm, I'm not going to, well, unless you specifically have something to say, I wouldn't necessarily ask, ask your opinion on, on that as well, because we're speculating clearly, but I yeah, do yeah, want to... I did have, sorry, to, but I did just have one thing on the chances of us going to Wembley. Um, so before the Euros, I booked my flights to go to Ireland for the summer, and I thought, there's no way we're going to make the first final of my lifetime. I'm going to book my flights before the Euros final. Mm-hmm. And of course, that then meant that I was in Ireland while England were playing in the Euros final. Um, in May or June, I'm due to move to Ireland. <laughs> so my plan is, if I book my flights before the FA Cup final, that mm-hmm. definitely means that we're going to make the FA Cup final. Yeah, you've got to make that sacrifice. I think yeah. it's it's the own it's the right thing to do. Um, it's worth the sixty quid, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So let, let's talk about the match. Um, I mean, I, I always like to start with, with the lineup, of course. And for me, the cup changes, so to speak, were Butland, obviously, the cup goalkeeper. Started, you know, started a couple of games in the Premier League as well. But I still feel that he is the, the second choice goalkeeper. Um, and, you know, and, and rightly starting in the cup. That's it's a common practice now. And um, I think he's earned the right to do that, despite the uh, error against Millwall. Um, and had a, had a nice, solid game. Um, I thought Kelly's first performance, first first appearance of the season, I believe, uh, centre back was a, was an interesting one and a, another absolutely solid display from him. Nice to see him talk after the game and you know basically say that you know whenever you need me, I'm I'm here to to give my best and and he put in a really good solid performance and um, I think it's interesting now. I, I think I'm, I think of Luca as a as a cup selection, he, you know, he's no longer an automatic starter as, as club captain. Uh, it shows you really how far his form has dropped. I think um, I still consider him a cup option. And Mateta, I suppose, is arguably a cup selection as well, although he has really been sharing that spot of late with uh, with Benteke. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the, the sub appearances in a bit. But that was, you know, in terms of the selection, really strong lineup other than maybe those changes that wouldn't have happened in a league game. Nick? Uh, in terms of Kelly and his comments about, you know, I'm ready when you want me, he could have been off to another club, couldn't he, to get regular first-team appearances, but it, yeah. it shows what the atmosphere must be like in the camp for him to be happy to stay and maybe grab his chance, because it, it'd be easy for him to go to a championship side and, and get regular games out of four. Yeah, I, I, I guess he's probably had opportunities and it certainly would have been something where he could have said to an agent, you know, hey, I, I really want to be playing football right now. Um, I dare say he's not tremendously happy that he doesn't start more regularly than he does. But, but you do need players like him who are reliable, who are there whenever you need them and they never let you down. And I, you know, my experience of, of watching Kelly in a Palace shirt is that he's he is that player. He doesn't let you down. The only time, you know, he actually seems to slip in terms of his standard is if you play him for more than five consecutive games. And then you like, then the, then something out of nowhere happens, and you just think, oh, okay, that's why you don't play every week. But yeah. you know, he seems to he seems to have a five game limit, and then then you need to hire him for a for about another ten. Four years. <laughs> Four years. Yeah. But no, I mean, I'm mucking about a fantastic player for us and you know you really one I really value having there as an option can play anywhere across that back four and um yeah has done some fantastic things in the Palace shirt and it'll be it'll be keeping players like him in the squad as a whole that will be really helping these younger players that are coming in as well won't it like that experience that he's got and uh you know a lot of the contribution that he's making at the moment is probably stuff that we just don't see that's on the training pitch that's you know um just as somebody to kind of be around those younger players. I think that aspect in a in a football club is something we don't talk about massively often, but but it must make a huge, huge difference to those young players, especially the amount of young players that, that we've got coming through as well. Yeah, it's a really good point. And and you know, there is no substitute for for experience and um you know, having somebody like Kelly around, you know, he has played for England, which is something that people might forget. You know, came through at a really big club. Would have to have, would would have learned a lot from that experience. 
Um, and yeah, he's you know he's probably a manager's dream as well to have about you know in, in terms of the, the versatility he has. But you're absolutely right. I'm sure you know the young players, especially the young defenders, really do value his his presence for sure. I'd imagine that he's looking further forward to his career as well. If he's if he's sort of taking that role in coach in the Dutch league, that's mm. going to stand him in good stead when his legs get knackered. Yeah, exactly. And um, but you know, maybe maybe not playing quite so much might have one of, might be one of those players who plays long into his thirties as a as a centre back. He's certainly never one who's relied on on pace or anything like that. So I think there's a good few years left in Martin Kelly yet. But um, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, look. I mean, in terms of in terms of the other performances, you know, I don't think there's you know too too much of note really to to talk about. I think you know the outstanding players from the game. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Michael Elise, who was just you know sensational. But I think other than that, I thought Mateta had a really good game. I thought Luca was was decent, and people might argue that against League Two opposition, he, he should be. Uh, and obviously, his his lack of pace wasn't particularly exposed or anything like that. But I actually really liked um, Mateta. I thought he was, had a really good game. And you might describe some of his finishing as a little wasteful, but, you know, I also think he was a touch unlucky at times as well. I thought, you know, really good performance from him. So, you know, I've got no complaints about that lineup. I thought it was well balanced. I think the changes were good. I think opportunities were were created for some players, which was great. Nobody was pushed too hard. Um, and, and obviously a sub-appearance for Teo Adaramola, um, you know, a young left-back coming through, very attacking left-back. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if he can really push on and, and emerge as the kind of, you know, the backup to, to Tyreek Mitchell. Um, that's the target for him because I, I look at our left-back position and I think Klein can play there, Ward can play there, but they're not natural places for them to play. Schlupp can play there. And Riedervald has done a job there, but there's no out and out left back, really, to to stand in as as deputy for Mitchell. So that to me is an open place in the squad. So if he can really kick on, and you know he wasn't far from a, a goal with his first touch, to be honest, um, and it was really nice to see him so so forward thinking. But we have to see what he's like defensively and what opportunities he get. But a good solid game for the for the 23s today as well. So that was very interesting. Um, but moving on from that, let's talk about the first goal. Obviously, the goals came very, very early. We're absolutely decisive in the game. I don't feel that, you know, after the second went in, there was really any doubt over um, over where the game was going to go. Um, and, and, yeah, uh, I, I think that the, the, the first goal was extremely important. Obviously, won a free kick on the right-hand side. Uh, Elise uh, was the one who took it. Um, and it's left-footed from the right side, so that is it's. If you've got a player who can can take the free kick on the wrong side, if you like, and swing it into the goal with accuracy, it's a fantastic tool to have. You know, that's a that's a ball that you know for for players who aren't great as in terms of their dead ball delivery, it's it's a ball that nine times out of ten the keeper just comes and catches. Um, but if you put that with the right pace, the right whip, the right dip on it, and the right distance from the goalkeeper. It's very tough to defend, especially if the the defence is coming from deep and clearing out, which is what um, Hartlepool were doing, um, and it just it just enabled Mark Gay to to kind of time his run. Didn't even have to time it that well, to be honest. Just basically had to walk into the right spot, and it was a lovely finish. But the the ball was superb. You know, it just looked a really simple goal, and you could point fingers at the, the defence, but the execution was absolutely superb and. Cara, I'll let you. I'll let you comment on the on on the goal itself, and and you know how early it happened and what that meant in the game. Yeah, no, it was it was great. For I think I was really nervous before the game started. I just all of a sudden got this like, oh no, we're going out to Hartlepool, aren't we? So um, I don't. I think I, I was just being. I don't think that was a, a common thing, but I was really really jittery. And so for anyone who was feeling the same as me to get a goal early on and to see that you know. Hartlepool weren't really lining up with much of a um a kind of game plan with how they they could prevent our goals going in or, or pick us apart in any way really so I think that settled my nerves really early on not that that's important because I wasn't on the pitch but it made it a much nicer experience for me um and I think even even with the second goal as well I think what it gave us the opportunity to see is what these players can do when things go their way and 
I appreciate that, you know, we we go back to the Premier League and we are going to have much tougher opposition, but it's still really nice, I think, from a fan's point of view to be like, okay, what what is the pinnacle of what they can do? And and now it's just working out how we can do that against tougher opposition. So um, it felt really good. It was it was a really uh, yeah. I mean, getting a goal early on anytime is is going to be great, isn't it? But but seeing the class with which it happened and it wasn't a kind of messy one. It was a real kind of nice stylish one. Just just set the tone, I think, for the the rest of the game. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, on a, it might have been on last week's pod or a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about Palace not coming out of the blocks enough and. Vieira sizing up the opposition before making any tactical changes that might be needed. But we actually went at the opposition. Okay, it's League Two. But in the past, we've let the opposition come to us, so it's good to come out of the blocks really quickly. Um, Also, you've got to bear in mind that when that game was being played, uh, West Ham were on the verge of being knocked out by Kidderminster Harriers. And Chelsea, not so much against Plymouth. So there was that jittery nervousness. That said, when the goal went in, I think we did think we'd get a hatful. That didn't quite happen, but there you go. No, and um, but then again, it, it, I mean, it very much could have done. You know, <laughs> on, a, on another day, there's four or five chances that he, that really could have gone in. You have to say, but prior to prior to that happening, we got that early goal, um, but a little bit of an old defensive vulnerability, you know, which seems to to happen no matter who's in the in the team. Just at that back post, particularly back post on our right, if you like, um, which it tends to be an area that we, we get, you know, gets exposed regularly. Uh, and it did happen. And this time it was a, you know, it was a deep cross into that back post and Ferguson, um, who I think is on loan there. If I think I'm right in saying it on loan at Hartlepool, maybe from Newcastle or somebody like that. Um, he, you know, he, he got a good header in and really important save from Jack Butland at that moment. Um, you know, you can't, you can't really say, you know, you know. On reflection, you look at it and you think the header from that angle is very difficult to score. But two strong hands behind it pushed it away, and could have really taken the game in a different direction at that moment. Very quickly on Jack Butland, um, I don't know how long uh, Vincenzo has been at with us. Hasn't really got a chance. Uh, Butland got his chance at Brighton, and it was so good to see so soon after his uh, Millwall debacle um, or debacle, if I say Hartlepool. Um, <laughs> And um, so it's good that the fans have forgiven him and, and not made him a scapegoat. Uh, so, yeah, Jackie, Jackie Butland. Who'd have thought, eh? We, we saw it at the end of the Millwall game, even though, didn't we? I think him coming over and, and making that really kind of obvious oh, apology yeah. to the fans, I think that really bought him bought him some time and then fair play to him every every time he's played since you can really see that he's knuckling down and, uh, you know, every goalkeeper is going to make mistakes. But I think he's really he really wants to do a job for the club and he really wants to do a job for the fans. So I think you're right, Nick. I think it's nice to see that kind of support for someone who's made a mistake rather than like you say, scapegoating him. Yeah. And you know, we know how good he was and then he, he basically fell off a cliff in terms of his, his form for a long time at, um, at Stoke. And, you know, I think a lot of people were very surprised at that. And it is a new start for him at Palace. You know, I, I really do rate him and, and you know, 29 is still very young for a goalkeeper in a, in a lot of ways. You know, he's got six years on, on Guaita. So, uh, but I will say, Nick, I think the the main reason for the fact that uh, Vicente doesn't have a song is that he did have a song, but people pronounce his name so incorrectly that it never really caught on. It was uh, <laughs> Labamba, wasn't it? And they called him Vincent Guaita. And if you're going to mispronounce a player player's name that badly, you deserve your song to die and be forgotten about by pretty much everybody, apart from me, who was so offended by it that um, it will never leave me. See, I've just got VG, VG, and And then, you you, you know, everybody can be included. Mm, Thanks, Nick. We've got to put that on loop. Please, can we put that on a loop? No, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can play that after the Chris Clark gap. (laughs) No reason. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Go move on. I really have. You need to be on the show more often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was on Butland. 
that I noticed earlier, which I thought was a little bit mean on the um, Palace's official Instagram. So they've posted pictures, um, photos of last time we played Stoke. And, and one of them's Wolf scoring against Butland. And I was like, oh, come on. You could have left that one off, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. It's not too dissimilar to um, the fact that, you know, whilst Hennessy was with us every now and then, you'd just get the Butterfield hat trick and every now and everyone would just go, oh, oh look at who's in... Uh. Oh. Hennessy deserved it though. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right. Anyway, back to uh, what I what I was about to talk about. So that was uh, obviously a a key moment in the game uh, for me. Probably the one key moment in the game. The one moment where Hartlepool may sorry Hartlepool may have got back into things, um, but Butland saved us, and on we went. It wasn't too much longer. That um, Dior's friend <laughs> Timmy Adesina had a moment to forget, as um, you know, sort of a bit of a, a loose ball. Gallagher pounced on it, and knocked it out to uh, to Elise. And to be fair to to Adesina, it was it was a fantastic first touch from Elise as he kind of flicked it from behind him forwards. And and it's a you know, I've been there as a defender at obviously a terrible level, a far lower level than these guys operate at. And, and you you know, it's one of those moments where you don't quite know what to do. The ball's at the wrong height. Do you go, you know, do you hook it behind you? Do you kick it out? Do you head it down? You know, it's it's a horrible height. It's a horrible moment of indecision. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, before he's even had a chance to make his mind up, Elise has passed him. Uh, and just an absolutely superb finish. It was. It really highlighted the the quality that Michael Elise has, and the the reason why we're getting probably more and more excited about him. Um, you know, he's starting to kick on. If you go back to last season, the way that Eze started and how he just got better and better and better, we're starting to see that with Elise, and it's it's very very exciting. I think as well what that goal showed is just how we're seeing him build in kind of being more determined like he sees what he wants to do and now he's really attacking it and just going for it and making it happen whereas I think those early games he, we saw that nervousness didn't we and we saw that kind of he was kind of trying things but maybe wasn't quite sure and I think that's just a credit to him obviously like his talent and and how hard he's working but also talent to, uh, credit to Vieira and the club for how they're developing him and how they're giving him that time as well to to kind of produce this kind of stuff and I think I can't see anything else happen apart from him just getting more and more confident from here on and that is very exciting especially for when we reach the FA Cup final definitely and uh, you're absolutely right I'm sure as he scores a hat-trick in that game to for us to take the trophy we'll be we'll be waxing lyrical further um he got a 10 out of 10 on uh, whoscored.com Nick does that have that that doesn't happen right 10 out of 10 Never happens. Never seen it before. Mm. And it's just like, say what I scored. That's his celebration. Come on, then. Kick off. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a signature, signature celebration. Um, yeah, the only time he actually celebrated, and I was discussing this with, with my son, Will, was the goal against Man City. Um, mm. And he just did a little skip. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most he celebrated. I'm sure there's there's joy going on inside but, this. Yeah, he's so talented. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we'll see a lot more of it. Well, my worry is uh, we've got a lot more to see from him, but will we see it from him at Palace? And I think a lot of that is going to tie in with how long we can keep Patrick Vieira with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I so I don't feel, personally, I don't feel particularly worried about that. But, you know, I'm hoping, you know, we've got, got a good couple of seasons. We get these players in on long contracts and we see what they do. You know, it's, um, I think he's, you know, he's going to be an ambitious lad. But I think, you know, that the squad that we have now and that we've put together, if we keep going the way that we're going with the trajectory I feel we've got, I don't see any real danger of that breaking up. I might be famous last words, but I feel it's a squad that can grow together and really start challenging at a, a, a you know, in the, in the top half of the table in a really meaningful way. And, uh, and I hope I'm proven correct in time. Um, in terms of the game, there's not really too much more to talk about. As I said, it could have been a whole bunch uh, more if, um, you know, if some of the finishes had, had been a little bit better. Um, you know, I think about the one where Mateta hit kind of, I think it was either post or bar or a combination of both um, from a from a sort of drilled cross uh, from Elise. Um, 
And the follow-up from Mitchell was, uh, let's just say it was on his right foot, so we'll, we'll let him off. Uh, <laughs> wow, 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 wasn't great. Um, you know, there was a lovely turn and shot again from Mateta, received the ball to feet from the left-hand side, spun and smashed it, and it was just that little bit too central. Really good save, but ultimately it was, um, you know, it was uh, Ben Killip, I think it is, in goal for Hartlepool. Hartlepool. Uh, and, and just, yeah, he, he had a very, very good second half in particular, Otherwise, you know, that game, it would have been four, four or five and, and, and no one really would have argued otherwise. But ultimately, it was a very, very strong performance and, um, and one I was extremely happy to witness. Conversion rate 9%, Chris. Is that good enough? Yeah, well, I'm going to say, you know, yes, because they got we 0%. Yeah. There you go. We won, we won the game. We did what we needed to do. Um, but yeah, 21 attempts at goal, wasn't it? And um, you know, you can't be too you can't be too upset when you get 21 shots at goal. Fair play to yeah. that keeper. He made some yeah. some solid saves. He really did. So yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. But yeah, it was um, e- excellent stuff. Um, the only slight I don't even want to call it a block because we talked about it the other week and we were talking about it, mentioned it pre-show that that we'd already talked about this. So I don't want to talk say too much about it or discuss it really in any any meaningful way, but. Eze was uh, was subbed uh, about the 17-minute mark. I didn't seem massively happy about it, but, um, you know, he wasn't wasn't particularly effective in the game. He had a couple of moments, a couple of moments, of, you know, a couple of shots where he was perhaps a little bit unlucky that they were charged down. Um, you know, and I was, I was watching him quite intently because I'm just waiting to see, you know, flashes of, of the player that we saw before his injury because you've always got that worry in the back of your mind that, you know, how much damage has that injury actually done? Um, you know, looking at him, I just think it's, you know, it's, it's momentum and, um, you know, he, and, and just just games and match fitness. He does seem to run across the pitch a bit like Johnny Williams used to rather than going mm. forward. But maybe he prefers playing in the middle. So the first thing he does is get into the middle and then think about moving forward. I don't know. It's, it's a bit of that. I mean, playing off the left, you know, last season under, under Hodgson, you know, it was... It was often, yeah, he would come in off the left and go central. But you're probably right in in a lot of ways in that what's what's changed is he's not really going past people at the moment. And I just think that's all about that rhythm of, of playing football. It's all about the momentum of, of building up a bit of form. You know, that hesitancy from an injury that he's, you know, was a bad one. And you're not quite sure when you get back. Oh, you know, you've got to get, there's got to be a point where you're just like, oh, I am back. I can do all the things that I did before. And I don't think he's too far off it, but it's probably going to be another 10, 15 games. Cara, uh, I noticed you're off me. I don't know if you wanted to comment on that. And then I'll take you through Vieira's comments. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's, you know, it's that thing of he's got to get to a point where he trusts his body again, hasn't he? Because there's mm. always going to be something in the back of his mind where he's protecting that not happening again or whatever. And I just think psychologically that can take a while to get over. And especially if you're a young player and that's your you know, you haven't had that many injuries so far. I think just learning to get past that point where you're worried about it happening again, that, that's got to take quite a while. Um, always reminds me of like, you know, when your hands are really cold and your brain tells your hand to do something and it slows about, it, it takes about half a second normal, longer than it normally does. And I think that must be what it's like. They're moving, they're working at such quick speeds that coming back from such a bad injury, there's got to be that little bit of lag that's just like happening and it, and it will just take time. And it, it, he's just got a, you know, it must be really frustrating for him, but hopefully he can keep working at it. And and at some point soon, it, it's going to click. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah. And the Vieira very much saying similar, um, talking about the fact that, you know, he's a player who always wants to be on the pitch and he's never happy if he's not starting or if he's having to come off the pitch. But, you know, Vieira seeing that as a positive. And then he said, um, he said, we always said we needed to be patient with him. He'll play games where he'll play 90 minutes. He'll play games where he comes from the bench. He'll play some good games and he'll have some bad games. But this is part of the process of him finding his level. Uh, they work with him really hard and, and you know, really well and keep demanding of it being keep. They keep being really demanding of him as well. But they says that they'll be patient. Uh, but the main thing is he says that the confidence is coming back and that's really good for us as a football club and a team. And that's really what it's all about, just building that belief, building that confidence back up again. So um, there you go. Just thought that would be worth mentioning um, for, for sure. So uh, we'll move on from, from the goal now, uh, from the game now, and uh, a word from our sponsor. 
Cupid works hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code BOTN for 20% off and free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. So there we go. It's well worth getting involved in Manscaped. They're here supporting us again. So we'd love you to support them by taking advantage of this wonderful offer. I have had many products from Manscaped in the past. And I've got to be honest, and I don't mind sharing this with you. Um, my my partner says to me on many occasions, she says, uh, Hey, Chris, um, aren't you sponsored by Manscaped? Um, at which point I say, yeah, they, they, they regularly sponsor the podcast. And she says, didn't, didn't they send you some of the stuff to try out? And I say, yeah, yeah, they, they did. And then she just stares at me until I realize what she's hinting at. You see, you know, everybody likes it. Everybody likes what it delivers. <laughs> so, um, you know, I get my hints. I get my hints that it's time to, uh, to break out the lawnmower and, uh, and tidy up. I'm, uh, and, uh, I'm just mm. a little bit perturbed because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the advert as you're reading it, Chris, because obviously mm. we can't memorise it. And the, the thing that jumped out at me at first was nicks on your delicate nuts. Well, Which is a bit go. worrying. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, sometimes I add bits myself, you know, just just, uh, just pet me up. Anyway, listen, you know, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about a product that I genuinely do use myself and it is exactly as described and, uh, and and i can't recommend it more it's always nice to advertise things that you do really care about so the performance package is the is the bundle on offer 20 but any of their products 20 percent off and free shipping so inside that performance package 4.0 you do find the lawnmower 4.0 it's an electric trimmer it's designed to trim hair on loose skin uh, the skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate, nut, delicate nuts. Uh, and, well, it it might encourage nicks on delicate... Anyway, let's not get into that right now, depending on the, your interpretation of the word nicks. Thank you, Nick. Uh, but it does come equipped with a, uh, a 4,000K LED spotlight that's bright enough to shine a light into your true love this year. And um, I think we can get a bit philosophical uh, at the end of this advert. Confucius says education breeds confidence so it's time you get educated on the ultimate grooming routine for all of your areas of romance this year do you like that oh it's nice that i'm just nice i'm just not quite past the performance package no <laughs> no oh, it's hard to get it's hard to get past that i've got to big up the aftershave the aftershave yeah. is lush and also, uh, I noticed that that package includes the weed whacker. Now, I've been on to Mikey, uh, mm. that we, we get a weed whacker, uh, because I'm of the age where I have got hairy nostrils. And yeah. uh, I want I want the weed whacker to sort those out. So if you're listening, Mr. Manscaped. Yeah, I think it's I think Ian Manscaped is the guy who, who is in charge. It's lucky he had that name for the product. It really is. is. It's <laughs> such a coincidence that he yeah. was... He started his company. I believe it's a coincidence anyway. Uh, but yeah, everyone, I mean, the weed whackers in this package, it's a nose and ear hair trimmer. You have got the aforementioned uh, um, uh, refined cologne, um, which, which again, I have myself as well. Smells lovely, like quite a citrusy, fresh smell. Uh, and don't forget as well that you get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner uh, products. Again, I can personally recommend so manscaped has you covered this valentine's day get yourself the gift that you and your dates will both appreciate manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code b-o-t-n right <laughs> i just feel like there's a really good opportunity for a segue here right which is talking of performance packages, <laughs> Macca's back in training. <laughs> hey. 
<laughs> there you go. Absolutely seamless. And um, MacArthur, yes, is back in training. Um, let's let's talk about it. Cara, have we missed him? <laughs> yeah, although I'm still not past performance packages. Uh, yeah, no, massively. Oh, like, yeah, just without, I, I, indescribably. I think the we've obviously had to do a lot of chopping and changing with uh, people out of injury and, and people on international duty and stuff. And I think we've, um, well, we've done really well in that period, uh, much better than we would have done in previous seasons. But I don't think there's a single Palace fan out there that isn't just counting down the minutes and seconds till we see him back on the pitch. Uh, having said that, we will have to be a bit patient because obviously he is coming back from an injury. So we don't want to be like expecting him to come back to full form. But I just even just his presence on the field, just shouting at people, I think is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just that that box to box energy. I mean, who does he come in for, though, Nick? You know, you think about Jake's coming back. Um, will Hughes has been brilliant um, since he stepped in there. Um, you know, Jeff is still getting a look in in there at times. Yeah. Uh, Luca's around, you know, I mean, you know, what's, what's your midfield three if Macca's available for selection? It's the embarrassment of riches, isn't it? Um, wow. I, I really couldn't tell you. We used to go mad about McJedley, didn't we? And think yeah. how lucky we were. And uh, we've, we've just come on so much. Um, look, he's not going to, he's not going to be in there straight away, but for me, Kuwati, I didn't realise how much we missed him until he wasn't there. One of those players, do you know what I mean? Um, and MacArthur was kind of filling that role before, but we we did seem a lot stronger with him in there. Um, Hughes has taken that mantle very, very well, I think. Um, I still think Eze should be further in the middle. Baby Plank, I know they don't use a number 10 anymore so much in, in this modern day and age of football, but... Um, the good thing is, is we've got players that can mix it up a bit, play in slightly different positions, and we've got them as options on the bench when perhaps we had a weaker bench. So although we'd like to see them all on the pitch at once, we know that's impossible, but we know we've got the quality there if it's needed to change things up. And it keeps them on their toes. Indeed, indeed it does. And, you know, you, we mentioned Kiate in there, and obviously we've got, you know, got Ayu and, and Zaha back from AFCON duty as well. Uh, and you start what, to look else. What Zaha though? That's the thing. That's the, you know, we've, we've kind of shown that we can do it without him now. Is that going to be the spur for him to actually yeah. think I've got Nick, the full Nick, we're, we're drawn to the end of the show, but careful. Um, you know, you know how much I love Wilfred Zaha. No, I do know um, how much you love him, but he is. Um, he's 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 got to be on top form to get his place. He has, but he is he will he is coming back to enhance this team. Um, you know, I th- I think to be, I, I still think he walks back into that side, uh, playing left hand side, and, and and you know we're the richer for it. I have to say, but it's fantastic if you think if you've got a fully firing Olise on one side, and you've got Eze pushing to start. You've got for me a midfield of Macarthur, Hughes, and Gallagher sitting there anchoring that and you start looking at that you know whether you've got Mateta or Venteke there at the moment because Mateta is kicking on nicely you know that that starts to look really dangerous and of course Edward can could play in the middle with those players around him too so I I'm you know I'm absolutely salivating right now at the prospect do you start uh, off Chris yeah god yeah every time and I always will would you do would you start him straight away fresh back yeah interesting yeah, I I have I just you know he's to me he's still he's still our best player and I you know people will start questioning that and will start looking at you know even saying well you know what about Gallagher Gallagher's good Gallagher's more having more of an impact blah 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 but to me Wilfred Zaha is still our best player and the best player I've ever seen in a Palace shirt. You're just gushing. You're really I just gushing I there, just mate. love Wilf. I just and I and I you know I just, I've just missed the guy. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's that's me. Uh, but look, it's it's you know the squad options are coming back. It's um, it's going to be really really interesting to see what what team um, starts on uh, on Wednesday when we play Norwich. And obviously the preview team won't be uh, re- recording the a preview of that game on the day it happens. So um, that's it's you know we've got about two minutes really. Uh, so start with you, Nick. Nick I'm drinking, are we gonna win? drinking Goose Island IPA, not to Terence there. Oh. Um, yeah, um, Norwich, they've done well their previous few games. Can we see them winning four league games in a row? Hopefully not. 
does the competition for places mean that our players are going to really perform? I think so, yes. Um, we, well, well Nick, it's I always a mixed bag against Norwich, isn't it? But, um, I just noticed you interviewed yourself for a short period there. And I did, What, what yes. have I told you about that? That's very <laughs> odd, very, very odd behaviour. Efficiency. Mm. Yes. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Won't you? No, oh, I won't. Okay, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cara, what team do you go with? You, how, you know, what, what changes? What, what are you thinking? Uh, it's so hard to tell without knowing how people are doing in training. You know, we can have our ideals of like, right, let's get Maka straight back in there, Wolf straight back in there, but we've got no idea what they're doing. Wolf, I'm a little bit nervous about putting straight back in because I think he didn't play that much football while he was away. Um, and there is going to be, you know, that adjustment period to get back. I don't think it will take him that long, but I probably wouldn't start him if I'm honest. Um, but we're just going to want our strongest team possible, aren't we? I think what we don't want to do is go off the back of having enjoyed that game um, on Saturday, thinking that we can waltz into Norwich and, and 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 kind of get away with the same things we got away with. So just whoever is our our strongest team that's fit at that point, we just want to see them see them get out. And really selfishly, I'm going to be teetotal because I'm driving. So it just had better be a good game. Otherwise, that's going to be quite boring. <laughs> I, I I don't think under Patrick Vieira we would waltz into Norwich. I think we'd be more of a cha cha cha. But that's oh. just me. Bit of a samba, maybe. Yeah. I I I don't I don't like you two encouraging each other <laughs> um <laughs> for me it's um you gotta be da- it's, look I, I would say it's dangerous to to drop anyone who's been playing well just because another player comes back uh but i do think there's a, a space ready and waiting left side of the front three for wilfred zaha if he's fit um like you say he hasn't played much football and you have and he has been on a break um since he got back, uh, Mark Bright has made that clear uh, in the commentary today, earlier on. So uh, at the day of recording, which is Monday, of course. Um, so look, you know, I, I think Zaha comes back into that side. I think pick the best midfield three that you can find. And if you can find a way of not picking uh, Jeffrey Schlupp as a central midfielder, I'll be happy. If you want to play him, you know, forward or, or you know, or left side, I'm, I'm happier with that. But Still not having him as a central midfielder for more than 10 or 15 minutes at the end of a game, if I'm perfectly honest. So anyway, um, but other than that, I think it's um, it's, a, it's a game we have to be very, very, very respectful of our opposition because, as Nick has quite rightly pointed out, really good results of late. I think it's only a blip against West Ham, um, you know, and they've they've won three or four out of the four out of five, maybe something like that. Including their cup game against Wolves. What you got to yeah. remember, though, Chris, games coming thick and fast in February. I've never seen a February mm. so jam packed for the game. So we got we got to bear in mind that we don't want to lack of the squad out in the first game. We've got another no, game exactly, in the weekend, but um, and, uh, so hopefully, yeah, it's we've got to see it as a as an opportunity for the you know more. It's a big opportunity for three points, three important points. You know, we're arguably we're doing fine, but arguably the points total we have right now is lower than it should be. And I'd like to start seeing their performances reflected a little bit more in points because at the moment it's just comparable to what we saw in the last couple of years, just a lot less boring. So um, I'd like to see us kick on a little bit. But anyway, I think, um, you know, other than, you know, taking uh, Lucy's question from Facebook, you've called it face, face ache on here, Nick. Um, again, showing your age. Um, so Lucy said that it's a win, but considering we're the Premier League side, it could have been better. Definitely some hard work to put in for the second. Stoke won't be easy, and I think that's a really good point as well. You know, we do, we will have to um, play better than that when we play Stoke for sure, and we certainly won't get away with missing um, chances as regularly as we did against Hartlepool against better opposition if we want to continue that cut run. So thank you. For that loose, there's some four-word reviews there, Nick. Do you want to give us a flavour of them? Yeah, hang on, let's just scroll down. I mean, I... Good, must score more. At Cav Paul, hats off to Hartlepool. Uh, And they're all similar. I've scrolled down to... It's too far away from my microphone. Hang on. I don't know what's happened to Nick now. He's now we've now I've now has lost audio. Abducted? Has he been abducted by aliens? That sounds. I think someone good. just. I think someone just thought, oh, he's he's struggling here and just took him. Forward <laughs> now, the mouse isn't working. Four word reviews. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Deeply disturbing, but I think the perfect place to end the show. <clears throat> 
so <laughs> thank you for listening to the show and thank you to everybody who got in touch and as, as i'll say we we say this every time but it's always true we read everything that we get but we can't use everything we get especially if we're kind of rushing through a show like we did today but it does help us create the content for the show and give us a bit of a theme so it's always appreciated and keep all your contact coming preview team will be with us in the week they'll look back at the norwich game and then ahead to brentford at the weekend um as ever there's plenty more content for you across all of our social accounts and a wealth of live and recorded shows for you over on youtube including instant match reaction and a chance to get involved yourself so find us on everything by searching back of the nest like subscribe and be merry obviously leave us positive reviews in the relevant places and it helps us um share the knowledge of the show i'm not going to use the word algorithms that nick has left in there from last week anyway um, Liv Anderson's forehead job done well played thanks nick just in time anyway thank you very much everybody until next time come on you palace It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.